While we're waiting, you should you could tell the window story. I could. Hello, everyone. Welcome. So we are doing Afternoon. a little live stream again today about why your training is boring and why it should remain boring. But just while we're waiting for people to join, I'm going to tell you a little story about Sunday. I locked myself out of my bedroom with one of these rooms that has a latch that locks behind you. Car keys, phone, laptop, everything in the car. I was on my way out in a rush, annoyed, just like... So I called a locksmith. They quoted me £150. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe not. Called the letting agent who was in bed, and she said, I'll be four hours and I'll cost about £100 to call out on a Sunday. So I went next door, took a ladder from uh, the nice lady next door, and climbed up into this window. Maybe get some perspective of the height. <laughs> Terrifying. <laughs> I'm not a parkour person. I'm a, I'm a gymnast that likes to stay on Park, the floor. Parkourista. Parkourista. Discotheque. Beaster. You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain. With none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. So, you, um, you also did a handstand onto the table. So, squeeze through this top flap window, handstand off the desk, avoiding the, the lamp and laptop. Triple somersault. And then, perfect dismount. So if you ever forget your keys, that's how to get back into your house. Headphones. Cool. All right, guys. So we have five people watching. Say hello. And if you have any six now, if you six. have any questions, um, give us a shout. So we're talking about being entertained by your progress. And it's a common complaint that we often get that um, I'm finding training boring. And I think the first thing to consider is... What are you hoping to get out of your training? Are you wanting to be entertained by it or are you wanting to achieve the result? I think there's plenty more exciting things to do in the world than go to a room that has no windows and lift weights repeatedly. So if you're going to be doing that, you may as well be getting a good... <laughs> oh no, we're back. We're back. Um, yeah, so this is, I suppose this is coming from something that we're asked by a lot of people we work with. They want a, a change in their program or they want to try something new you know it's a really common situation especially with the amount of information online someone will download something listen to a podcast watch a video and see a slightly different variation seal row is a good example of this or um dup is another really good example both trendy things like one's an exercise one's a program structure someone's doing something that's working and it's creating progress moving them towards their goal but they want to change and do something different without any justification so as Yusuf was saying, the key, the way to sort of insulate yourself from this to begin with is to really get a clear picture of what it is you're actually trying to achieve and also connecting with the underlying reason of why that, why you're trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve. Because there are two very different things, a program that is fit for purpose, it's going to take you towards your goal and something that's fun to do. And they're, they're two very, very different things sometimes. I totally get it as well that especially when you go online, you feel like a kid in a candy shop mm. and there's so much stuff that you could try training wise, programming wise, exercise wise. And you think I want to try all this stuff at once. And what's going to happen is if you try and do it all at once, you're going to be doing this horrible mixture that doesn't actually fit together. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. So yes, tip number one, 
get a really single-minded purpose in your goal, what you're trying to achieve out of training, and not to get distracted by the the shiny response. And I know that's uh, easier said than done. Number two, another common question that kind of sh shoots off this is, can I skip my deload week? Really, the question is why? What, what's Why are you trying to skip your deload week? Probably just because you're getting itchy feet and you just want to lift heavier weights sooner. If anything, the sign that, that well, getting itchy feet is exactly how you want to feel at the end of your deload week. Like, I think the way that people perceive a deload week is that it's this unnecessary thing that gets in the way and it's really, really boring because you're not progressing. You can't lift heavy and who really, who doesn't like lifting heavy weights or trying to progress? Like if you're in the gym, you're there because at some point in the future, you're hoping to lift heavier weights and a deload week is basically saying for this week, you can't even try to lift heavier weights. You have to just do things very mechanically and almost take the intensity and the fun out of it. So it, you think of it as banking re recovery for when you may need it in the future so that when the program intensifies or when your progress starts to slow, we're not just riding this wave of, of progress that eventually will fall off a cliff with recovery and we'll need to maybe take two, three, or maybe more weeks off training completely. So it all comes from the same thing that instead of looking for progress, instead of doing the thing that is the best for our goal, we're doing something for the sake of it. We're doing something to keep us entertained or keep training fun and novel, which leads us on to point number three, which is variety for variety's sake. So there is some evidence to show that people stick to a program more if there's some variety in it. And this is something that personal trainers often leverage to their advantage by giving people a completely new workout each time. Now, for those of you who've been following us for a while, you'll realize the inherent problem in that is that there's no progression. And so, yeah, you're turning up to the gym, you're thrashing yourself, but there's no real guarantee that you're moving forward towards your goal. However, it does keep you coming back to see the personal trainer and giving them cash. Conflict of interest. Yeah. So this is uh, something that if you need variety in your program, we're not saying go in and just do squat, bench, deadlift for 10 sets of five forever. Um, you can build variety into the program, but with the big but that you want to make sure that any movement you have in your program, you can justify and it's addressing a specific purpose. And then you can make changes that are programmed into the bigger picture so that over a training cycle, you've got the variety in there to address certain issues. Something, a framework or a process that I use for deciding what exercises to use uh, is number one, does it address the movement pattern? Does it improve the movement pattern or train the movement pattern that I'm trying to train? If that's for a power throw or something that's performance specific. If it's body part or hypertrophy specific, it's can I feel the muscle contracting that I'm trying to train? If I feel a barbell row in my hamstrings and I'm trying to grow my back, maybe barbell row is not the right choice. So that's number one. Number two is can I progress with this exercise for a long period of time? So if I pick a cable row and I'm already near the bottom end of the stack, realistically, I've got two, maybe three weeks or months of progress in there before I'm going to need to change exercise. And as you have mentioned, progression is key. And to get progression, we need consistency, we need comparability. And so if we're always changing exercises, how do we know that it's working? Number three is, can I safely progress with this for a long period of time? So barbell row is another good example. Yeah, sure, like anybody can reduce the range of motion on a barbell row or an exercise and convince themselves that because there's more weight on the bar and because technically you're moving it from point A to point B, that you're progressing. 
but are you carrying more injury risk than you need to or are you just cheating and adding more body english to add more weight to the bar progressively over time so absolutely everything in your program needs to be justified needs to be there for a reason and if you want variety that's fine but it needs to be within the, the structure and within the framework of i understand why the variety is there and i understand that still the structure of the program the underlying progression is still being respected the other way to inject variety into things if you're just finding that the training itself is monotonous is listen to podcasts audiobooks whatever you need in the gym use it as time away and the, use the monotony to your advantage to actually get deeper into yourself so so far we've we've been talking about being entertained by your progress and if you're finding training to be boring what to do so our number one tip was make sure you're very clear on your goal on what you're trying to achieve number two was um watching out for little, what do they call it, potholes, traps, like, can I skip my deload? Hang on, why am I wanting to skip my deload? Is there a legitimate reason or? Can I do DUP? Sure. Oh, God. Why? Can I try a seal row? Of course you can. What's the reason? Like everything needs a justification. And like, a, like you said, saying, can I skip my deload week is a classic sign that you're looking for entertainment rather than looking for Pitfall, that was the word. <laughs> <laughs> it is a pitfall, not potholes and booby traps. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, number three was variety for variety's sake. <clears throat> and that takes us on to point number four, Afran. So, we have an article um, called Afran, Balls to the Wall or Balls on the Couch. And I'm going to link it. In so, the Afran is an stream. acronym, A-F-R-A-N. And that's taking the mick out of the, the kind of CrossFit approach of AMRAP as many reps as possible. And it just compares... We're not saying that we have a problem with CrossFit. We, I, I mean, Johnny trains at CrossFit gym every day at the minute. So every day, every minute on the minute. That's it. So, completely gone blank. <laughs> Afran, AMRAP. So, rather than Balls just wall, trying to yeah have this mentality of I'm just going to smash it every time and just try and get as many reps as possible, we still need to pull back and think, am I doing the minimum necessary to move forward. And this just delineates the difference between the kind of minimalist and maximalist approaches to training. And it's based on a guy called Colin, who is a 50 year old client who is doing incredibly well with his physique. And his approach to all of training is Afran, as few, as, as few reps as necessary. So as we say in the article, we're not interested in tiring people out. And there's a quote from, I think Mike Isretel as well, so, oh no, it's not from the guy who does lift, run, bang. Paul Carter. Paul Carter. Uh, Shout pe- out, Paul. Hi, Paul. I'm sure he's one of these seven <laughs> he people watching. He must be watching. one of the seven viewers, yeah. So the people who oppose doing the minimal amount to reach the desired result might throw out words like lazy or draw some kind of unsubstantiated parallel like great workers don't show up for a job and just do the minimal amount. They go above and beyond. The problem there is that going above and beyond at office max doesn't have physiological factors that are part of the training equation. So this is something that's important to consider, that if you work hard in the job, then you're not going to injure yourself, probably. Um, Whereas when it comes to training, you are putting load through your body and you need to consider these factors. I think that the underlying issue is, sure, you can go balls to the wall, rather than balls on the couch for a period of time. The question is, can you do it for the next 10 years? Most people can't from a physiological or a psychological perspective without long training layoffs in between. And probably when you average out the training layoffs and these, this like blast and dust mentality, it probably adds up to the same rate of progression than the guy who is just 
you know, the tortoise versus the hare, the tortoise who just came in and did one extra rep or added one one point two five extra kilos to whatever it is that they're doing. So especially with assistance work that I do, I always try and see if I add a rep each week to something like a dumbbell bench press. In fact I did this recently, like I built my dumbbell bench press from like forty kilos for sets of three sets of ten to fifty five kilos for three sets of ten. And it took me like sixteen weeks to do it, but I just added a rep every week and then eventually bumped up the weight very, very slowly. And if you, if I tried to add five kilos every week, I'd have damaged my shoulder or injured myself or, you know, anything could happen, I suppose. But it's about doing the minimum effective dose consistently over time, consistently for a long period of time. And uh, the longer you can do that, then the more reliable and um, consistent your progression will be. So imagine you added a rep every week for a year doing 40 kilo dumbbells for a set of 10. By the end of the year, you're doing it for a set of 62. <laughs> so um, that is pretty good progress. That is huge. It'd be massive. It, like, so joking aside, I know someone, he, he joined the propane forums actually years ago and posted his training log. And he just stayed stupid and did the, which is an expression, by the way, uh, he's, not, he, he, he's not a stupid person. <laughs> he, he like just followed the program without questioning it. And he followed, I think, strong lift five by five and just started on empty bar and added 2.5 kilos every week. And by the end of the year, he was doing 175 kilo squat for five sets of five, which is pretty good for someone who's just started at zero and moved up. He never stalled in this program, just stuck to it. Didn't try and jump ahead. I think staying stupid is the, the overarching concept here, really, isn't it? That we refer to it as the more you question the program. So the more that, you think you're a special snowflake and we've both been guilty of this in the past. The more that you think that you need something different, the more that you think that you need to change the program and that it wouldn't work for you normally, the more likely you are to just mess with things for the sake of it and not see consistent progression. People who do really, really well that work with us get the program and we'll maybe not hear from them for a week <laughs> or maybe even longer. And then sort of two months in, they'll just send progress photos of like, Oh, by the way, um, I'm like, Oh. Absolutely now, <laughs> and uh, I've added like twenty kilos to my squat. I'm like, wow, you had no questions. We didn't need to make any changes. I'm like, well, yeah, you sent me the program, so I just did it. <laughs> and the people who just take something and just integrate it into their life, they make it work. And there's not the kind of the lens of, of excuses and reasons why not. There's just it's just a clear flow. Just actions and integrated done. And those are the people without question, I think, aren't they, that, that get results? It's amazing. So, like, oh, how did you find the program? It's fine. Mm. Right. <laughs> it's worked. And, the, and also those people don't care about being entertained because the results themselves ironically are the most entertaining thing you could ever possibly <laughs> receive so yeah you can either be entertained by the progress or by the process or by the progress oh. it's another tm tm good sound bite there <laughs> cool so to wrap things up guys um we want to take things back to the key performance indicators of what we're doing rather than looking at how do I feel when I do this? It's how is this working for me? Is this going to take me to where I'm, where I'm headed to? Well, that's a stupid thing to say. Is, is this too? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, yes, mean, it is. by definition, everything's going to take you to where you're headed. Is it taking me to my, my goal point where I want to be to where I want to be? It's the same with, with diet and training. Yes, of course you can cut calories to the absolute bare minimum required to sustain human life. And yes, you will lose fat guaranteed but can you keep doing that and can you do that consistently for a year and can you do it well can you do it beyond 
two or three days, I suppose. Finding the calorie deficit, eating the most amount of food that still allows you to lose the target rate of weight loss, that's the amount of food you should be eating. Finding the training volume that allows you to progress and, and consistently progress towards your goal, that's the way you should be training with an exercise selection that makes sense for you. So Chris asks, hey guys, do you only switch out assistance exercises when you exhaust progression methods? I think I would only ever, before I switch things out, I would change the expected rate of progression. So I would, I would change the progression model, depending on how it's programmed. If it's percentage based, I would move to um, less linear progression. If it's an assistance exercise that's using, say, um, just a rep method, rep progression or triple progression, I would move it along the scale. So I'd expect slow rate of progress and allow it to still progress very, very slowly, if that makes sense. So um, to bring things back to basics, a typical way that we would do this in practice is, let's say you give somebody a linear progression with barbell row. So you say, okay, do five sets of five, barbell row, start at 60 kilos and move up. Let's say they move it up to 75 kilos and then they're struggling. They can't get, that they're getting five, 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 four, four, and they can't get it up to hit all sets of five. So then you'd say, okay, rather than just trying to, so first step would be, okay, drop the weight, work back up. Let's say they still keep hitting a ceiling at that level. We'd say, right, switch to double progression. So rather than trying to progress the weight each week, we're trying to progress the number of reps. So we then would say, let's do five sets of three to five. So you would then go, let's say you hit your next ceiling at 75 kilos for five sets of three. You would then work to get five sets of four at 70 kilos and then five sets of five at the same number and then move up weight, reps, weight, reps. In the third case, if that's stubborn enough not to move, then we go to triple progression where you start to add extra sets as well and then move up. So you now have three stages to move up to, to progress each time. Um, if by that point it's still not working, then we can look at um, the more funky progressions or changing the rep range. So if they're normally used to doing fives, we can move up to sets of 15 and try and bring up someone's ability in the higher rep range or bring them down. And then if still no progress, we switch the movement. This is why I think picking the right exercise is so important because in, <laughs> I'm not kissing it, Mark. I don't know what I'll, uh, what I'll catch. Stop looking so. <laughs> um, the, why the exercise selection is so important is because you get in Yusuf's example, someone's been using barbell row for a long time by that point. Like they've gone single, double, triple progression, switched the rep ranges, added in deloads. By that point, that's maybe six months or longer of just using a single exercise. If at the beginning, barbell row was cumbersome or it hurt your lower back, or you don't you don't really feel it in, my, in your lats, so you, you want to change and do something different, that was the wrong exercise selection. So it needs justification to begin with. It needs to be carefully thought out before you even start and then hopefully you avoid the situation of needing to shop and change all the time because there's so many um... Tinder notifications from Johnny. <laughs> well it's because you won't kiss me. So it's just it's gone playing the field. Yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot what I was saying. Basically don't do barbell rows because they're rubbish movement. No. No. <laughs> they're quite good. Do something yeah, like cable row, chessboard row, seal row, because all the kids do it. There we go. Just do seal row and sumo deadlift because that's all people do on Instagram. And then that's the training program, isn't it? And then become an online coach. That's it. Sorted. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks, great guys. chat. And we'll speak to you all soon. If you like this and you want to see more of this kind of stuff, please make sure to share, comment, and uh, ask us any particular topic that you want us to flesh out and explore. And we will. Because ultimately, we will be doing live streams whether you like it or not. So we can either do things that you'd like us to talk about 
or things that bore you. And everyone likes fun, don't they? We so all like fun. We all like fun.